The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if Hollywood's right for you. Hollywood, where you can spend your entire first year as an unpaid intern, followed by a mandatory minimum 18-hour workday with guaranteed unpaid overtime. Where sexual assault is so common, you get to sign a waiver promising not to sue even before you start your new job. Warning, side effects may include insomnia, heavy drug use, thousands of dollars in therapy, alcoholism, bulimia, obesity, hallucinations, loss of integrity, complete loss of moral compass, bleeding from the fingernails after trying to claw your way to the top, as well as excessive chapping of the lips from kissing everyone's ass. If you have these or any other side effects or begin to question your life choices, please contact your therapist, because nobody in Hollywood gives a damn. Hollywood, shut up and take it. G'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the hairiest bear in the cage, Bear Fjorda. Thank you for having me, as always. A quick question. Uh, is co-host less of a title? Well, Your lack of response is scary. I, I'm, not, I'm not understanding the <laughs> well, question. Well, because I, when I post to tell people about the radio show, I feel slightly bad because it's from my perspective. So I'm like, come join me and my co-host. That's, so not, that's fine. Oh, okay, fantastic. Co-host means we're doing it together. I just want to be sure I'm not insulting you. You definitely have a lot more time on this than I do. Uh, I have a lot more time in the industry than you do. That's also fair. You do. But I, my, my mom was putting me in commercials when I was two. Oh, that's right. You were doing the, uh, you were doing ads. You did modeling, and now, yeah, you I went worked on behind to do the scenes. Some movies that we don't talk about anymore. And then, <laughs> and then now I you, spent a lot of time topless in movies. And, and now you make them. Yeah. And I'm really good at it. Exactly. So we've got a lot going on. One of the things that I'm finding really interesting is with the Gabby Petito case, Dog right. the Bounty Hunter has gotten involved, but he's actually made a positive difference. Now, in my defense, I'm not slamming Dog the Bounty Hunter, but I, you know, I, I come from the era of reality television where it's all lies. Mm -hmm. I forgot that when reality television started and Dog the Bounty Hunter existed, they took real people with real professions and followed them and and then would develop it so it started with real people now it's like duck dynasty bullshit where nobody has anything to do with what they say they have to do with so that's the kind of stuff that i've worked on is like oh hello random person we are going to say you are this and you are capable like i come from the era of lies yeah but i forget that dog the bounty hunter has real actual he's an actual bounty hunter well you know going back and thinking about it i asked you before the show what real reality shows do you remember cops was one of them the original cops was, cops was, yeah. was a real reality show where you just filmed what happened on their day-to-day -day lives. Mm -hmm. And of course you cut out the best segments. There, there, yeah, there, there are real reality shows and I'm not knocking that, but I've mm. never worked in real reality. No. The closest I have is like the, the live stream we have going. We have like a million people pop in a month yeah. and just randomly watch us be idiots. You know, Miss was accidentally paint the wrong stuff with puff paint. Yeah, I got to fix Lex's lips. But the point is, ah. <laughs> um, that's that's kind of what it is. I come from a different era of reality television. I come from what's considered postmodern. 
the postmodern era of reality television. Right. And so I, I'm used to it now. It's all lies and people that came off of social media. Well, not only but did, Dog the Bounty Hunter has real I was, credentials. I was about to say, not only is Dog on site, he's making positive steps and improvements in the case. And you realize that's why actual bounty hunters exist, is mm -hmm. because they hunt people. So I'm just like, ugh, a reality, reality star showed up, he's taking advantage. And of course, he's there for the publicity, but it's still that moment of, oh, he's like legit helping. Yeah, he's a real bounty hunter <laughs> Good above for anything him. else. And, and that's really cool. I mean, he started as a crook himself. Yeah. So I guess think like a crook, but I was really impressed by that. Uh, the whole the whole thing is very, very weird. I really want Dog to find him. Dog, Dog needs a... You want Dog the bounty hunter, not the FBI, to find... He needs, he needs another start. He's been out of the limelight for so long. Like, this was a really smart move on his part, and he's being successful. Well, his wife just died, and he just remarried. Yeah, he needs, a, he needs a new show or something to kick off. And this is the way to do it right here. I can definitely say, if Dog the Bounty Hunter finds him, mm -hmm. it would be... It, it would catapult his career. And then they can do they can start doing documentary on what he did to find him. He's currently recording, so I think that's what is he doing. recording yeah. him find there you go. It's like that's he, in the he making pulled, right he pulled there. Conor McGregor. It's a genius. It's a, it's I'm a recording smart myself finding Brian Laundry. And if he doesn't, it'll just end with him being shown that he was found. Yeah, yeah, you know, either way it was it's, uh, it's genius. It really was. So you gotta give him points. I mean, I, I'm not a I'm not a dog the bounty hunter <laughs> fan. My favorite version <laughs> of Dog the Bounty Hunter is Cartman playing him on South Park in the whole month oh, of the episode. The, uh, and the whole dog team yeah. or whatever he calls him. I'm the dog. The big the bad, bad dog. dog. <laughs> like that's that that's my favorite version of it. But it, it is interesting. <laughs> And I would definitely be a Dog the Bounty Hunter fan. I wonder if South Park's actually going to do a Gabby Petito episode. Of course they are. And bring Dog the Bounty Hunter in on of it. Of course they are. They should. And Brian's hiding out in South Park somewhere. Of course. South Park always. I love South uh, Park. Do I do. But I love, love, love how irreverent they are. Yeah. I think one of my favorite things was making Lord a 45-year-old man. That was a good episode, though. It, I love their logic too. It makes absolutely no sense in the spam of reality. But in Did South you say Park, the spam of reality. Spam. I meant to say spam. Did I say spam? No, no, no. I like spam better. Spam the spam of reality. of reality, which is a bunch of shit thrown in a can and mixed <laughs> together. Okay, keep going. Anyways. I'd like to remind everyone every time we use bad language on the show, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and free MMA. We swear because we care. Fuck yeah. Anyways, in the South Park universe, that logic makes sense. Spam. The spam? No. I'm... <laughs> Anyways. Yes, yeah, spam. I'd like to try spam one day. It just, is just, just fry awful. it up. Is it that disgusting? It's awful. I hated it. But I don't like, like meat, so it doesn't I imagine me. it just kind of tastes like cubed bologna. Not at all. No? No, it sounds like, it tastes like uh, chopped up cured gooey ham. Have you ever cut, have you ever cooked bologna, like fried it or made it crispy? Do I look like a person that's eaten bologna? <laughs> Lex, have you ever cut up a fried bologna? <laughs> so he leans over it's and really my good. Assistant. Now I gotta say this. He just uh our, he just wrote in engine, was it uh, it's sound engineer. Sound just engineer, wrote yeah. in he's like, you gotta go to the south of Hawaii if you want the good stuff. He's dead right. In Hawaii, they put it on rice and wrap it in seaweed, and it is fantastic. Like in that case, I take back everything I said about spam. He's right. I got Sam on the live smiling Sam Alvin mm -hmm. here on the live stream just screaming America. <laughs> America! <laughs> I only see every time I hear that I think of the South Park. I think it's uh, oh Team America is America. Yeah. Fuck 
yeah, yeah, that's 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 Team America. Oh, it's perfect. Love it. So here's one with Team America. They had originally planned to have Matt Damon be one of the evil Hollywood elites. Okay. But the the puppet came out looking retarded. Like really, really, that's the term they used. And that deterred them from using no, it on it South No, it did Park? not. It did not. What they did, they said Matt Damon's a friend of theirs and he would have been offended if they did not use it. So they put the <laughs> retarded puppet in. That's what they called it, not me. And he said, and all he said was every time he came on screen, he went, Matt Damon. <laughs> all he said was Matt Damon. They're like, Matt Damon has something to say. Matt Damon. <laughs> so the whole thing became a joke. Like now I want to watch Team America. The whole thing became a joke about that. Oh, that's great. And of course, Matt Damon had to have loved that. He did. But no, it's one of those genuinely. things. Like, I have friends that deal with the South Park guys a lot. Right. And if they don't get made fun of when they pull in the Hollywood elites, they're like, what, I'm not elite enough for you? I'm not good enough for you to make fun of? Like, it becomes now offensive in Hollywood. How dare South Park not make fun of me? My goal now is to be so big, South Park puts me in their show. I always wanted to be on the Muppets. Oh, you know, the Muppets were my now. dream. Yeah, I can't, South Park would be as good as the Muppets for me. Yeah, I, lo- I grew now, up Muppets, on South Park. Muppets, I think, would be a more serious role for sure. But I just want uh, what's his name again? Craig, Matt, what the hell's his name? Who made South Park again? Matt and Trey. Yeah, those guys. I want them to make fun of me. That'd be hilarious. From what I hear, they're really, really nice guys. Um, I can imagine so. Yeah. But it's like, you know, they're really nice on the surface, but when they go home, this is the thoughts that are running around in their heads when they're writing up the show. They're libertarians, which I respect. Okay. Um, and it's funny. The libertarians are like the only political party in the United States. I genuinely am like, I get you. Yeah. Because with the Republicans and the Democrats, I find you guys like break yourselves into weird loyalty. Like, mm. I'm on this team. It's not good for the country. It doesn't matter. This is my team. Like, red, blue, red, blue. It's like Crips and Bloods. It's like a giant country of Crips and Bloods. It it's doesn't very matter. weird. <laughs> very weird to me. I'm going with the libertarians. Fair enough. I can see that. <laughs> that's that's my plan. Um, I like them. But that's Matt, uh, Matt, Trey, uh, Matt, Matt, Matt Stone and Trey Parker. They're very, very much libertarians, very yeah. much live and let live. I can respect that. But they make fun of Hollywood from in Hollywood. And one of the things they said was when they made Orgasmo, they kept getting in trouble. What was Orgasmo? Orgasmo was a live action film about a Mormon missionary that goes in and stars in porn. But... Uh, they had a whole bunch of trouble getting that, that film out? put out. It was excellent. Oh it was my years God, ago, one out. of their first films. Um, they had trouble getting it made. But with the South Park movie, because they were already big names and yeah. Paramount was behind it, uh, when they ran into trouble, they're like, you just need to change this, that, and the other, and we'll let it through. Mm. And then when it came to Team America, they're like, let's put in things that are so foul. That's what they'll focus on. So they let all of our stuff through. So they put in this horrible sex scene where people are like peeing and pooping on each other just to um, have something. Oh, so that way they'll cut to, that to cut one and that, not the other but stuff. But they didn't necessarily cut that. I like that. Uh, he deserves to get his ego. Yeah, 100%. Trey deserves to get it. Yeah. What's, what do they call it? It's, it's an award. But yeah. Oh, it's an it's, award. It's, okay. He, these are two of the most creative minds in the world. Like, for sure. I can't disagree with that. It's, it's amazing. And it started, when you look at it now, mm. it's horrifying. But the first episode was about a gay dog. And it was considered controversial. Yeah, it was. And the dog ran away to Big Gay Owl's Big Gay Animal Farm. Wasn't and it was that when considered... they were doing the whole red rocket thing or whatever yeah. they called it? No, no, that was a whole different. That was oh. way later. So I think I'm way. Your way, right. like you got to watch some of the original South Park. I bet they're great. It was just tame. America. It was just tame. I love Sam. It was like Sam's America. just yelling America. America. I love Sam. <laughs> um, all right, guys, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be on with McDojo. 
Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. He's only missing the Oscar. That's true. So um, when you get all of the awards, yeah, that's that's the egot. So oh, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Now he got Tony for Book of Mormon. He's gotten the Grammys. Um, he's he's got the Emmys. He deserves an Oscar, and he should have gotten one uh, for sure. Fair we enough. are going to go to break. When we come back on, we are going to be talking to the creator of McDojo Life. Yes. Talking about all bad things in the martial arts worlds. And I'm sure Jared will Especially sit here and complain arts. about Sistema because he hates it. We'll be I right back after that. this. Oh, that story's coming out. Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we're on with my co-host, the hairiest bear in the cage, Bear Fiorda, talking to one of the people I love, one of the people he loves, talking about one of the shows we love. We are talking about McDojo Life with Rob, and I'm not going to say his last name because we were just talking about him getting death threats, and I don't know if he wants that out there. G'day, Rob. <laughs> like, I'm just hey, what's up, man? Out. Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate that. Yeah, the joys of the job, a death threat a day, uh, you know, keeps the uh, I don't know what away, but I get them. So <laughs> I try to I try to deal with it the best I can. We got to start right there. A death threat a day. What is the nature? Just for anyone who may not know, what is the nature of that? Why does that happen to you? 
uh, well, pretty much if anybody who does not know what I do for a living, I call out fakes, frauds, phonies, con men, and pedophiles in the martial arts industry, which pretty much means that I call out cults for a living. And when you're dealing with a cult, you're also dealing with cult leaders and cult followers who might not necessarily like the fact that you're outing what they do as a negative thing. And so, of course, you usually don't have to worry about the cult leader as much, uh, but the cult followers are usually what kind of gets used as the weapon in terms of how they're viewed on the social media platforms and in the public. Makes a lot of sense. And so you have the followers of these fake martial arts cults wanting to kill you rather than being grateful, like, wow, this guy saved me from wasting all this money, giving it to this fraud. They're like, I'm going to kill you for telling me I'm stupid. Well, the thing is, is that people in cults don't think that they're in cults until after they leave the cult. Um, So if you look at some of the craziest things that cults have done, uh, you know, things like Jim Jones, or if you look at like, uh, you know, other cults in terms of uh, Heaven's Gate, where they all committed mass suicide, if you were to tell any of those people they were in a cult, they would all think that you were wrong. They would think that you telling them not to kill themselves is the wrong way to go. Um, so people who are in cults are very devout, and trying to get someone out of a cult is damn near impossible. They have to leave the cult on their own accord. Now, what started you on this mission to out all these different people? Obviously, you're doing a fantastic service uh, by doing this, but what made you want to start? Uh, a conversation I had, actually. Um, I've, I've been training in the martial arts industry now for over 24 years of my life. I started when I was 12. Um, and then it was roughly about nine, somewhere 10 years ago, somewhere in there. I didn't like take exact note when I started, but I do remember the exact day. Um, I had a conversation with a student. It was only his second day of class and I was assisting, but the actual coach, uh, the instructor at the time could not come in. So he called in he said, Hey Rob, will you do me a favor and teach the class for me? I said, no problem. I taught the class. And then when everyone was leaving, everybody was kind of gathering their things at this noon class. We were all standing around, just kind of chit-chatting, and then we came up on the subject of McDojo's. And everyone left after that, and then the newest guy, the guy who had only been there for a second class ever, he looked at me and he goes, hey, man, I'm a little embarrassed. You guys were talking about McDojo's, but I don't really know what that is. Could you explain it to me? And so I explained to him what have now kind of become the basic five rules of the page, and then it turned into a simple question he asked, which was, why doesn't anybody do anything about that? And I thought about it. I was like, it's a good question. <laughs> That's a fantastic question. So there is no regulating body to the martial arts industry as a whole anyway. Um, you have individual regulating bodies here and there. But as a whole, there is no regulating body nor standard. So that night, I couldn't sleep. That's all I was thinking about. The next morning, I started a McDojo life. I like that. Now, you said the five rules. What are the five rules for something to be a McDojo? Uh, well, so... A lot of people will label things a McDojo that aren't really a McDojo. It's kind of semantic arguments. Um, So I tried to find out what the most standard basic things that everybody could agree on were. And uh, one thing that I noticed first off was pedophilia in the martial arts industry is rampant. Like you can't almost go a week or even two without someone getting arrested or convicted for molesting a child in the martial arts industry. So that's rule number one is no pedophiles. Oh, yeah, dead serious. Feel free to Google That's it. A you good type in rule. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the truth. <laughs> and so if you look, everybody's always worried about who's got what belt, what age they got their belt at, how much a class costs. Those are so minute in the grand scheme of the dirty 
ridiculousness that goes on in the industry that people are complaining about the wrong things. And so the wrong things are getting ignored, and that's a major one. And it's just rampant. Like, people don't understand how much sexual assault and abuse is going on in the industry, mostly because it's not regulated. Anybody can just open up a martial arts school and just go, I'm a 37th degree black belt in Steve Kwando, and then all of a sudden they are that. And as long as they're charismatic enough and can convince enough people through cult of personality, next thing you know, they are really that thing. Um, and you'd be amazed how many people are extremely successful at it financially. It's ridiculous. See, you got into the wrong part of it. You did a free martial arts place where you give it away. You should have charged and created a McDojo. You failed, Bear. You failed. Right. Yeah, um, you, know what? Long haul. <laughs> you know what I should do at this point is just quit what I'm doing now and just start my own cult because I would right? nail it. <laughs> I would like, run the best cult. <laughs> did it completely wrong. Should have done that. So... Why did the why did these McDojos let you in to check them out? I've seen your footage. Like you've gone into these places. Well, it depends. So for our documentary, and I'm sure we'll we'll touch on that. But for our documentary, most of it was ego. Um, we just told them the truth. We said, "Hey, we're going to be filming a movie about martial arts. We found your martial art very interesting, and we'd love for you to be in the film." We were completely 100 percent polite to them. <laughs> we weren't rude to them. We just asked them basic questions, and they looked on their own accord. <laughs> I mean, we, we didn't have to be rude or mislead them in any way. So, I mean, at the end of the day, most of these guys feed off of ego. It's what gets them by, that and money. Yeah, we had uh, Joshua Fabio on the show a while back, and that was uh, amazing to look into the mind of someone that sells bullshit. Just amazing. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, he, it's wholesale with that guy. <laughs> yeah. He's oh, selling it God. in droves. <laughs> it was it was it was really interesting. Um, yeah, that I, I, that dude is ugh, gross. <laughs> he was dreadful. He won't talk to us anymore. He thinks we set him up because um, apparently we didn't agree with him. But <laughs> didn't he ask? He he demanded he, to be allowed to be on the show again, and yeah. then and then uh, got angry because he felt that. I had set him up by having um, an, an MMA guy co-hosting. But then he also refused I was like, to answer his own questions. <laughs> I you just don't and know what to do. And then he wrote the questions to ask him and wouldn't answer. It, it was not good. So when You know, you before people... I came on, just as a note to that, I, I apologize for interrupting. Uh, but before I came on, I actually thought about that. I was like, you know, I remember when you had Joshua Baby on. And I was like, I just filled out a whole form about what I can say, what I would like to talk about, stuff like that. Not what I can say, but what I'd like yeah. to talk about and what not to talk about. And I was thinking, you know, he filled out that form. <laughs> like, why, yes. why, would, why would he not pick those things as saying, don't say these things? Like, it was clear that you gave him the option. So he set himself up. <laughs> he filled out, he's like, ask me anything, nothing's off limits. So, of course, <laughs> I just felt those kind of anticipated, expected. Maybe he had a plan for it. Uh, he did not. He was not ready for anything we asked. No, it, it didn't. It didn't go well. Uh, so for you, you're doing a documentary right now. Well, you've you've shot the documentary. What made you decide yeah. to go from doing the YouTube to doing a full docu? Oh well, that was easy. I just did what the followers asked me to do. Um, I've okay. never done anything with McDojo Life unless people asked me to do it. So to to be honest, uh, for the first like four or five years. I didn't even put my face on McDojo Life because I didn't want it to be about me. And I still don't want it to be about me. It has nothing to do with me. I just happen to be the guy that runs it. And so uh, I'm just the mouthpiece. 
given that people are trying to murder you, I, I would say it might be a you, good you idea not to have your to face it on now. it. Like, it's a little late. It's like yeah. after the horses have fled, but... Uh, I really could care less. Like, at the end of the day, you know, I think that if we're going to let our life be dictated by the fear of douchebags, then nothing would ever get done. <laughs> and so I have no problem doing my job. And then what happens? What are they going to do? They're going to try to come after me? They can, right after they kiss my ass, then they could do that. And then after I die, then they could do it again. <laughs> I like that. That I, I'm, I'm taking that line. I, all I can say is, Barry, I come up to you unarmed. Yeah. 24 years of martial arts, didn't go to waste there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I also stay strapped. I live in Florida, so <laughs> it's so <laughs> like down here. <laughs> okay, so so I'm less concerned for your safety. I'm more concerned with the safety of the people that come after you. Uh, <laughs> well. I mean, any given Sunday, man, I could, you know, we all have our good days, bad days. But at the end of the day, it's, that kind of stuff, uh, first of all, I don't think that we should let fear dictate absolutely anything that we do. We should let our common sense and facts dictate what we're going to do. And if somebody is doing something incorrectly or they're doing something to be fraudulent or take advantage of people or sexually abuse people or rip people off, then people should know about that. And they, I think the general public should have a right to know what they're about to get themselves into, especially with some of these cult leaders. Some poor person is going to wind up going thinking that they're going to get self-defense and then 10 years down the road look back and realize, oh, my God, like I have been aiding and abetting somebody who is an absolute terrible human being, and I don't want that for anybody or worse. I think one of the uh, one of your episodes that I watched uh, that just absolutely wrecked me. I had to stop because I'd been binge watching you after Bear had showed me was the episode with the little boy doing judo that, that oh, ended up yeah. getting injured. I was like, I was done. I was mad at you for like a week. I had nightmares. <laughs> like I was mad at you for a week. Um, well, you know, if but, anybody isn't aware of what happened, that's a pretty awful incident. And as a matter of fact, that's an incident that happens far too often where the neglect of an instructor leads to the death of a student, um, especially in judo, where you have this boy who literally is only doing his second class of judo ever, and he's thrown to the point where he starts to develop headaches and vomit during class, which are clear signs of a concussion. And then you continue to throw him repeatedly until he is put in a coma, all while the boy's uncle says nothing and allows this boy to do that. And then after being in a coma for, like, I do believe two months, then passing away, like where, do we, like, where do we draw the line between training and abuse? And I'm pretty sure that we draw the line when we have a child who's just started and you put them in a coma like a piece of garbage. And so, I, trust me, this I, job gets me hyped up, too. I get upset about stuff like this just like anybody else, but that's why I keep doing it. People need to know. I think there's a point with authority that makes a difference. The uncle, the, the, the boy's uncle said nothing because he thought he was dealing with a professional and that mm -hmm. like anything else, when you have an air of authority, people, people lean into that and they trust that. Uh, I watch people, you know, drop when, uh, when bears teaching, I watch people bring in their children. Um, and he deals with at the gym, you know, we work with, he works with father's home, which is for boys that have been sexually abused and neglected. He works with, uh, foster groups and low income people and people with plenty of money, like a big mix, but because it's a free gym, it's a huge mix that comes in there. And I watch these people just drop off kids and leave like, bye, here's my kid. No, even running the yeah, nonprofit. I've, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Profit. 
Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I could just be like, hi, random person. Here's my kid. Bye. I think it helps. They also have the live streams going at all times. So there's yeah, always, they can like, always watch someone what's watching. Going on. They can check it out. But it's, it's still different. Guys, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to be talking more to Rob from McDojo Life. We're going to be talking about his documentary. I'm going to be asking him a bunch of questions about the weirdest stuff he's seen, the hardest stuff he's had to deal with. And I know I'm getting questions on Twitter about his death threats already. So we'll ask more about that too. <laughs> I'm Summer Helene. We're on with Rob from McDojo Life and my co-host, the hairiest bear in the cage, Bear Fiora. You really need to wax your back before your next fight. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with Rob from McDojo Life, one of my favorite people. If you get a chance, look him up. He is all over social media, but his best videos are on YouTube. And, of course, my co-host, the, well, I was going to say the baddest bear in the cage, but I'm going back to the hairiest bear in the cage you have got to trim. I'm not going to. I'm going to throw it out especially for you. I'm going to trim your initials into my chest hair. Oh, my God. I'd leave you. There you go. <laughs> I'm leaving right you. You should, uh, you should dreadlock it. Just put it in dreadlock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll run it down the back. <laughs> Brilliant. Perfect. Well, I, 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 I'm going to go back on my words saying that all press is good press. I'm not sure dreadlocked back hair would be good press. <laughs> I'm drawing I mean, you stand up. I would. Sure. Definitely stand out. That's unique above all else right there. One of the questions we had online, Rob, and we've had from people on Twitter, I'll jump back on there in a second, get some more of them, but was what's the most outrageous thing you've ever seen? Oh, well, uh, I, I guess strap in. Um, so oh, I'll, I'll just I'll just fire off a few just to kind of give you guys some ideas. So um, there's another page. It's like called grapple reiki or something like that or grapple grapple rage i can't exactly pronounce their screen name right now but they're in indonesia and so they kind of do what i do but in indonesia because in indonesia um there's something called tanaga dalam and tanaga dalam uh translates into what's called inner power which in the grand scheme of things is basically a convoluted way of saying chi and uh you know there are people who believe that chi is just breathing or just movement 
But there are also people that believe that you have supernatural abilities because of it, which obviously is just ridiculous. But in Indonesia, it's so rampant that I've seen some pretty ridiculous things. I saw an eight-year-old child slit his throat and kill himself and spill out because he believed in it. He had Tanaga Dalam and that he couldn't be hurt by a, a blade. He didn't know that the people who were doing it for a show weren't using live blades. He didn't know that they were lying to people. He really thought that he could do this, and he just killed himself. Um, I saw, uh, you know, it was a one time there was a group of eight to ten different children laying on their stomach in a field. And, and on the, the, this particular video that I was sent, which is very heartbreaking, it was zoomed in, and then it starts to zoom out, and then you notice there are probably about a 1,000, if not more, people watching this demonstration. Then as it zooms out more, you see a car ramp, like what you would use to get a car up onto some pylons or to raise a car up. Um, then you, it zooms out more, and you notice it's a diesel-sized truck. So the tires are probably, I don't know, as tall as at least my chest. Um, so it's a massive truck. And then you realize how high that ramp is. You're like, oh, my God, they're going to run over these kids with this truck. And again, Indonesia believing in Tanaga Dalam, thinks that these kids couldn't be hurt. So the truck goes up on the ramp and it lands, boom, hard on the first kid and kills him immediately. Then it runs over the second kid. It stops and stalls. The truck actually stalls on the second kid, and you start to notice his leg twitching. And then the third kid was smart. He actually moved out of the way, but then the truck run over the other kids, and they seem to be fine. But then you see the parents run in to try to revive the kid, and you realize the first one's dead. And the second kid eventually is revived, but who knows what kind of permanent damage had been done to him. Um, in Bali, the there was a group. Yeah, in Bali, there was a group of martial arts students, all ranging between the ages of like 12 to like 19. And they had gone somewhere local, and there was a, a girl there who had gotten actually drunk. And so she got drunk to the point where she passed out, and they took her body. To, she wasn't dead. But they took her body to back to their house, and they gang-raped her and filmed it. And then they were putting household utensils inside of her, things like from the kitchen and things like that, um, all laughing while they're doing it. And then, you know, I got sent that video, and then I started pursuing that case to try to get some justice. But apparently in Bali, it's very corrupt there. And I found out that the mom had actually gone to the police station. But after she went to the police station, nothing else was done about that kid because apparently she had paid off the local police. So um, maybe those are some tips. So the iceberg, I don't know if you want me to keep going, but things like that kind of keep me up at night. Well, if you have uh, if the name, if you have a number that people can call and complain uh, to that police station for justice or a, a site, if you've ever got it, we'll always shout it out on the show. That is horrifying. I mean, you deal with a lot of dark stuff. I was not expecting these to be the answers to say the least. Um... Just Christ, man. That's what you're doing. That I, I can see why you definitely want to be out of a job. Seriously, the yeah, worst thing uh, have... You know, the thing is, is that right now, the most popular stuff that I put out, and I say popular, obviously none of that stuff I can actually even post on Instagram. Um, if I po First of all, I would never want to subject anybody to those things that I had to see or the things that I saw. Um, I yeah. don't have to do it, but I do it because I think it's the right thing to do to try to help people. But at the end of the day, sometimes you see stuff like this. And then, you know, it, sometimes it comes in so heavy that you need a break from it. You're like, look, man, I got to take a break. But then you realize if you take a break, no one else really gives a shit or no you know, it's not really it. covered. And so it's like, well, if I take a break, they're not going to take a break. That bullshit's not going to stop. So what are you going to do about it? You're just going to quit. And so I keep telling myself no. And then 
you know, uh, you know, another time I'm like, it's like, I think 11, maybe midnight and I'm sitting on my couch and I'm pretty much done for the day. I usually work on this about 15 hours a day. Um, and I, when I'm done, I usually like to just tune out. I just need that time. And then somebody randomly sent me a murder of a guy getting stabbed like over 30, 45 times. Um, and it was probably one of the most horrific things I have really seen, uh, amongst other things. And, uh, there was no context. It was just sent to me. And I was like, why would you send this to me? And the other person was like, well, in my country, this is normal. I go, well, but you have to understand, like, without any warning, and you just send me something like this, like, I, I might not have been mentally prepared because this isn't the first thing I've seen. It all adds up. And I really do think it kind of takes a piece out of you a little bit every time you see it. But luckily, <laughs> I still feel something when I see it. So that's a good sign. Um, Are you in any kind but, of counseling? Know, no, 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 no. I'm, uh, I don't talk about my personal life. Oh, okay. I beg your pardon. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, I would suggest some kind of counseling, like j just, you know. No, it's just hard I, to I hear would. all that. Here's, here's an interesting. That's a lot. Yeah. I have a quick question that might be a little deter us away from this. Have you ever had someone you made a video about, a post about, or talk about their martial art as not being real or fake or detrimental to their health? Uh, reach out to you in a positive way? Do they come back and say thank you or come back and uh, acknowledge the good you did for them or maybe their school? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, like, I, I, I don't get the actual instructors sending me messages, that's for sure. But I do get, uh, and I do get messages from instructors, but not with that particular message. <laughs> Usually their <laughs> message is more expletives. Uh, but actual not... students, for sure, I get, I get thanks a lot. Um, and I get thanked a lot from people who are thinking about joining martial arts or people who, you know, they stopped and then they, you know, they enjoyed the page so much. It's like, why don't I just get back into it? You know, and then, you know, I have people who were in cults who thanked me, you know, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think that people really do want to know the truth about these kind of things. And I don't think that the page would be as popular. And I don't think what I would do would be as popular if I didn't get that reinforcement of people saying, hey, man, you're doing a good job or hey. You know, we really appreciate that you did this. You opened my eyes to this. You helped me with this. So I do get messages quite a bit of people saying thank you. And so obviously that's the reward. <laughs> that, that is the payout. That's what you get for this. You, like, obviously, obviously I do do this for a living, but at the end of the day, fuck that. Like, I don't, I'm sorry if I cussed. I didn't know if I wasn't oh, allowed. No, no. We, give, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and free MMA every time you swear. So we're good. You're helping kids. Right, well, okay, good. I'm glad I can help children with my F bombs. <laughs> but exactly. you know, when it comes down to it, like if I got no money from this, the the majority of the time I've done this was for free. Like yeah. for the first, like I I don't think I was able even able to make money off of this until like maybe two and a half years ago, maybe even three now. Um, so that means like the majority of the time, almost seven years of doing this. I wasn't getting paid for it. There was no reward. The reward is always and will always be, no matter how many sponsors, no matter what the money is, I don't give a shit. That does not matter. I, like, there's a day job I can get that will make it so that way I don't have to see the nasty shit that I have to see every day. So that's, that's neither here nor there. I don't care. But what I do care about is I do care that it does help people because that's the entire point, you know? What are the three biggest warning signs we can look for to avoid a McDojo? Um, I would say the first one, well, actually, if we can go back to the rules, I only really told of you course. one rule. 
And so maybe these weren't, these will help. Um, so, you know, I talked about rule number one being pedophilia, but rule number two is somebody who's lies about their belt rank or their fight record. So typically when you go into a martial arts studio, that's one of the first conversations you have with an instructor. It's like, oh, well, can you tell me about yourself? What's your record? Do you know you're walking through the dojo? Can you tell me about what I'm going to learn? Um, and typically that comes with a level of expertise. And so if somebody's willing to lie to you about their belt record, or I'm sorry, their, their fight record or their belt, their belt rank, my words just beat each other up trying to get out my mouth. <laughs> but if someone's willing to lie about that, they'll lie about anything. That's a, it's a slippery slope. And if they're lying about that, that means that's just a scratch on the surface to what they're going to lie about for the next couple of years you train with them. Um, the, the next rule is some uh, unsafe training practices or cult-like behavior. If a martial arts studio tells you you're not allowed to go to any other martial arts studio, that's a cult. It's no longer a martial arts studio. That is now a cult. Because you got they Bear don't nodding the right in the background. I have a personal experience with that rule that I can tell you about in a minute, but please continue. But yeah, like, a, you know, the, a martial arts studio can help you and guide you outside of the martial arts studio, which I would hope that that's, you know, you're going, you might learn kicks, punches, chokes, throws, all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you might apply that to day-to-day life about overcoming adversity or wanting to get yourself back in shape. Any of that stuff can apply. And I'm sure instructors can help and guide you outside of the studio. But the moment that they tell you what you can and cannot do with your own person um, that is not uh, defamatory towards their martial arts studio, because obviously that's not cool. But if it's you, dude, I would never go to a barber and be like, hey, man, I got to tell you something. I went to another barber and him be like, you can never come back here again. You would never do that with a mechanic. You'd never go to a mechanic and say, hey, man, I went to another mechanic the other day. Is that cool? He goes, no, you're excommunicated. You will never come back to the studio again because that doesn't ha- that's not how real world works. Anybody who's trying to tell you what you can and can't do inside or outside their martial arts studio, like where you can and can't go, that's a cult leader because their ego is talking. That's not for the benefit of you. Um, so that's another rule. Unsafe training practices and cult-like behavior. Um, so for the cult-like behavior, that explains that. But unsafe training practices are things like, someone lining you up and just punching you in the head and making you just stand there and take punches, you know? Oh, like, oh, that's or Joshua Fabia hanging Sanchez upside down and kicking him in the head. That goes in exactly. there, right? Exactly. That's a great point. Um, and, you know, that's a good example, you know, but th- some people really think that that's a form of training. Like, yeah, you know, most martial arts places teach you how not to get hit. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that's the goal is me not getting hit, not you just hitting me for free, because then all we're doing is exchanging, replacing who's hitting who at that point, you know? So instead of me getting hit in the street, you're just going to repeatedly hit me. Okay, well, I'm still getting hit. That's really dumb. You know, sparring is different than making someone stand there and just take shots to the head. Um, so that's rule number three. Rule number four is uh, shady business practices. So shady business practices are kind of the old school idea of what a McDojo is which is the old bait and switch. You go in, you think you're going to be paying $99, $150, whatever the price is. But then when you go in, next thing you know, there's a monthly belt testing fee that they never told you about. And then when you move up, you have to move up to a new program in order to get a new belt. Well, when you move up to the new program, you got to pay more. Oh, you also need to buy all the new equipment. Well, what's wrong with the old equipment? Oh, nothing. You just need to have it labeled correctly. So you have to spend another thousand dollars on this equipment. Like, okay, that's, that's pretty much ripping people off. And a personal story just from Florida, uh, there was an instructor locally who used to actually strong-arm students if they were late on a payment. He would go to their house, 
knock on their door and threaten with them with assault if they did not make a payment. Um, so that's a shady business practice. And it's uh, a felony. It's yeah. a felony. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's it's quite ridiculous, but it does happen, you know. And that's the that's the sad part is because you put these people on such a pedestal. When you walk into a martial arts studio, it's not like walking into every other place. One, you already know you're going to be walking into a violent atmosphere. That's the point. Violence will come with what you're doing. Whether it's calm and relaxed and chill, you're still learning how to handle yourself in self-defense. And so you automatically put this person on this pedestal, you know, and already has this veil of, like, respect and loyalty and honor and integrity. So you already assume, if you've never trained, that your coach has all of those traits, which isn't true. They're just regular people, and they have flaws like I have flaws, like you have flaws. And so people, for some reason, put these people on pedestals, and they give them respect without them earning it. And so that can be a very egotistical atmosphere in which it creates a cult leader. It's like a breeding ground for it, and it's super crazy. And then then the last rule, uh, the rule number five, is uh, more something you guys might be more familiar with that the page is a little more known for, which is uh, no-touch knockouts or mislabeling technique. So no-touch knockouts are quite clearly ridiculous. You can't knock somebody out with your mind because if you could, I would fucking quit martial arts today and I would just go to that martial art. I would burn every belt I ever had, every gi I own, all my gloves, and I'd learn that, right? But it doesn't exist because it's a lie. Um, but mislabeling make- techniques. I think it would make Bear a much Sorry. better cage fighter, too. Probably he lost his would, last yeah. fight, <laughs> so it would make him a much brain. better cage fighter. <laughs> and a very bored cage fighter, you know, <laughs> like, like one punch man. You walk in, you wave your hand, you, you know, I'm done, I'm out, I'm going to go get a sandwich, you know, looking like Seagal. Um, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. mislabeling techniques is actually extremely unco- uh, very common as well. For instance, really? if you go to a cardio kickboxing facility, cardio kickboxing is fine. That's great. That's you're there to lose weight. You're not going to learn self-defense there, but you're going to learn basic mechanics of kicking and punching. That's cool. But you're not learning self-defense. So if you're going to a cardio kickboxing class and they're labeling it self-defense, they're lying to you. Um, the, I the, thought that's cardio just a kickboxing lie. was like a step up from jazzercise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, so things like that. You know, there's nothing wrong with people doing acrobatic kicking or a beautiful martial art like wushu or or even like stunt work. We need stunt performers. We need yeah, the Taekwondo guys. I'm not saying, you know, we need those people to, you know, to keep it entertaining and keep it fun and keep it lighthearted. That's good. But don't call it self-defense if it's not, because that's dangerous. And so those are the five rules. I like that. So They're good rules. You know, it's funny. I, I hear people, a lot of people asking me about McDojos and everything, and I never... I always go to the basics of, you know, if they're scamming you, if they're talking about no-touch knockouts... But the other stuff, I had never considered myself, and I'm happy to have it now just so I can kind of grasp that concept. Because even when I hear you uh, talk on the videos or when you're doing a short on, like, Instagram or TikTok or something, it's just – I get the general concept. Obviously, this guy's ridiculous and has no idea what he's, uh, what he's doing in the video. But to have the additional information, it just means it's more people that I can as, uh, put it out to as well. So I'm happy I to have that. I liked the guy that came in and tried to get a job at your oh place. Oh, my God. I love this story, and I love the story because it's so funny. I, I'm certain you're familiar with so I'm not going to ask you the question exactly, but what is your opinion on Sistema? Um, so, Sistema <laughs> is 
most of the time ridiculous. I will say 90% of the time it's ridiculous. The only time I've ever seen it not be ridiculous is when somebody has done something as well as the stem. So like people who have other black belts and other arts. Uh, but if you look at guys like Mikhail Ryboff or you look at who's the, the gentleman who actually founded Sistema, um, also uh, Vlad Vazelli, I do believe. Vazelli is his last name. He's one of the, he's like one of the top two with Mikhail. Um, they actually believe in some of the goofiest, stupidest stuff. Actually, Mikhail himself is a very rotund man, to say the least. He looks like if you painted a bowling ball as a human. Um, and then <laughs> he has this video where he's laying on his back and a student is touching his belly, and he flexes his belly, and the guy shoots across the room. I shit you not. Um, and so that kind of stuff is ridiculous. He has a video where he freezes a man without touching him, and the guy is, like, so convinced he can't move. It's like, good, you're, you're good at psychology. You're good at social manipulation, but what you God. aren't good at is martial arts. I you work know, in media you're strategy. Good. If I had their skills, I would be so much better at my job. I need to go to these McDojos and learn from these people. That's genius. How do you convince someone of that? Um, well, I don't think it's actually as hard as you think. Um, <laughs> you know, so I, I do this experiment sometimes with people. And if you guys want, we can do an experiment. I don't know how much time we have. Uh, we have about a little less than five minutes left. Before we get talking, because uh, I know we always get cut off, tell everyone where to find you on social media. Oh, it's easy. You can check us out at McDojo Life on pretty much anything. So if you just type in McDojo Life, it'll probably pop up. Um, on Facebook, it's The McDojo. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, that's that's pretty much it. Now, I'd love to have you on again. We didn't get to any of the questions that anyone asked. So I'd love to have you on again, if you're willing, and go through some of the questions. Of course. Of course. I'd be happy to. I, I got you to say that on air. So that's now like legally binding. You have to come back on. I love the best. Well, I don't even need that. Out. I'm a man of my word. If I say it, it's going to happen. So. Perfect. Um, we have about three minutes to close. Is there anything you want to say to everyone out there? Um, yeah, man. Like if you're going to go to a martial arts facility or maybe you're in a martial arts facility, the ultimate question is how does this benefit me? Um, are you getting a benefit of it? And is it helping you reach your goals? If it's helping you reach your goals and you're getting a benefit, you're in a good studio, no matter what you label it as. If it's not helping you reach any of your goals, maybe it's time to reconsider a new studio. I like that. That's, That's great really philosophy good right advice. there. I like that a lot. That's very, very good advice. Now, you have a documentary. You have uh, you you do it on YouTube. Do you ever go anywhere and speak? Do you ever do live uh, live appearances, anything like that? For sure. Actually, I make most of my money doing this through uh, martial arts business consulting because I've been doing that for quite a while as well. So. I'll be oh, probably cool. be at the Martial Arts Super Show in Vegas this year on uh, 2022. So it looks like I'll be lined up to speak at the Martial Arts Super Show. So if anybody wants to go learn from some, some seminars and learn about business or just chit-chat, I'll probably be there. So, And I'm always happy to go speak anywhere. I, don't, I love talking shop. I can talk all day about it. Now I want to go. I know. He's in, he's in the background. He's like, Marshall, I'm going. I never even heard of this, this convention. Now I'm excited and I want to go check it out. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I I love it. They actually, like, they kept me at bay for a while because of what I do for a living. And then they were like, oh, okay, no, we get it now. Like, we didn't get it at first. We just thought you were making fun of all martial arts. I was like, no, I have pretty specific rule sets that I try to stay within. 
I like that. They're like, uh, be careful of this guy. Oh, I thought they were holding you back because you might bring some crazy people with you and try and shoot up. Uh, the place. I, I, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, I highly doubt it. Most of those people are very much cowards. You know, do you have a team to help you deal with this stuff? Maybe you have an assistant who also funnels the videos to you or it screens the content that comes your way? How about nope. do you have help? Uh, that way no, absolutely not. I have, uh, I have the people who follow the page. You know, like at the end of the day, That's I fantastic. like the fact that it's a community-based thing. I like that, you know, people are interacting with it, and they do that, you know. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing to see an idea or a concept grow to the point where people are involved because they just want to be involved, you know. And so that's what I thought it should be to begin with. And, and now it's kind of becoming that, and it's, it's really cool to see because you can see it help people. And you can see it, like, there's another page, by the way, just to shout it out real fast, if you don't mind, but there's a page called oh, Fake black belts and fake black belts had reached out to me. The, the actual guy is a real actual MMA or MMA fighter and bare knuckle fighter. He fights for bare knuckle. And he was telling me that the, the page had helped him with his depression and it helped him so much that he wanted to start a page just like it. And he did. And I thought that that was such a cool thing. And now, you know, he's doing his thing. He's got a lot of followers now. And, you know, like, uh, I, I really love the fact that it helps people. I think it's just a beautiful thing. I think it's wonderful. Guys, we are at the end of the show. Go check out Rob. He's got McDojo Life. It's one of my favorite channels. It's one of Bear's favorite channels. I'm Summer Helene. We've got my co-host, the hairiest bear in the cage, Bear Fjorda, and our very special guest, Rob from McDojo Life. Go check him out. Thank you guys very, very much for joining us. And thank you, Rob, for all you do. That is fantastic that you are doing this for people. I appreciate it. Thank you. Good night, guys. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.